Sports side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 352. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You may also know him in the forum as Deeper3 and he's on Twitter at Deeper384. Oh, happy to be here again. And this is the first episode. This is historic. This is the first episode where both of us have a next-gen system and an ex- a next-gen NBA 2K. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, we thought it was only going to be one of us, but then uh, your uh, your girlfriend came through. Yeah, we ended up getting the uh, Series X from Best Buy. It was a Cyber Monday deal, and uh, we didn't have to overpay from a scalper. So that's good. Uh, r- right now in 2020, that is a, a massive, massive win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of systems that I almost thought about getting that were priced at like 700 or 750 or 800 or even 850 on Craigslist. I, I mean, I almost pulled the trigger, trigger several times because some of them were local and found them on Craigslist and whatnot. Even on a site like StockX had, um, you could order them. They were available. You'd get an, a Series S for about 450 bucks and an Xbox Series X for around 745. Um, but I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger and I was patient. So It pays off. It pays off to uh, to be patient sometimes. Uh, I I almost this this is how dumb it is. Almost double dipped on the PS5 by getting the disc version. I, I thought about it because I I like collectibles. I like physical copies. Um, I probably will at some point when it get, when it's really cheap get it just so that I can have that physically in the collection again. That's that collector's mentality we've talked about before. But uh, the main thing was that I wouldn't have to download 97 gigabytes of, uh, of data, which I ended up doing. At, at first, I thought the code that I had wasn't working. Well, it wasn't working, and I was uh, quite miffed and thought, oh, I'm going to have to go and uh, end up buying it, uh, the physical copy anyway. But uh, then I actually went into the store and found out that uh, because I'd already redeemed the uh, Mama Forever edition on, my, on the PS4, that I already my account has already marked for a free copy, so I was able to download it that way. But... Uh, not very clear about that, but then again, that's kind of 2K's problem, is it not? Uh, communication is uh, not, not always their strong suit. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really glad that I got the Series X, and I have the disc version of NBA 2K21 with Zion Williamson on the cover. And you and I are both collectibles, and I love having that box art, mm, right? I exactly. love having the box and, and whatnot. And it, the good thing about you with the PlayStation 5 is the fact that at least the PlayStation 5 um, cheaper version without the disc still has the same performance oh, yeah. as the yeah. one with the disc drive. Um, where we, we we were just talking about, you know, Lagoa in the thread. He talked about how he ordered an Xbox Series S, and obviously he can only run it. Um, he'll, he's running it in 1080p, and it can't hit 4K. So um, I've talked about it. I don't see a really big difference between 1080p and 4K in most games, but... You know, that is one of the disadvantages. And there's some performance aspects of the Xbox Series S that doesn't match the Series X as well. So, like I said, I'm glad glad we ended up going all out and just getting the Series X because now I have kind of peace of mind about it. Of of course, and you get what you pay for in anything. And certainly going, opting for that... Uh, that stronger system is, uh, is, is I think, the way to go if it doesn't break the bank. And uh, obviously that was uh, feasible. And, yeah, I'm, you know, I feel a lot better about the, get, having the PS5 than, funnily enough, I, than I did the launch of PS4. Uh, it didn't help that one of the first games I played was NBA Live 14 at the time, obviously. Um, it, it wasn't the best first taste of, uh, of uh, PlayStation 4. But uh, we will get into our impressions of NBA 2K21 Next Gen uh, this uh, this week, of course, since we both have we've both been spending some time with it. Uh, also talking about the, the current gen patch for NBA 2K21, uh, the patch for 
current gen 2k21 that is uh that came through it's the fifth patch patch 1.06 and we've also got uh, some more mailbag questions and some uh, some good questions this week Derek. i mean always good questions from our uh, our faithful listeners but uh yeah we we got these uh before we started recording and uh yeah looking forward to uh, answering a few more yeah i got a couple questions from stildo 33 and lady culture um so if you guys are listening thank you again for um you know submitting those questions and topic suggestions we appreciate it Shout out to you as always, and to our listeners. Of course, the uh, the show comes out every week on the NLSC on on Sundays, and we're on all your favorite uh, podcatching apps as well. If you're listening to the show, obviously you know uh, where to find us. But uh, we will promote those at the end of the show if you'd like to uh, subscribe on those platforms, and uh, as well as our other socials and other things that we will promote. But uh, getting into the discussion, uh, I'd like to begin with the current gen patch, Derek. Uh, as I said, patch one point oh six for two K twenty one current gen. It's uh, brought winter to 2K Beach. Uh, I'd, I'd make a Game of Thrones reference, but after season eight, uh, no one's really uh, liking Game of Thrones anymore. But uh, but winter is uh, is here. Um, there's all of three patch notes for 1.06, Derek. I'm not sure if you saw the the notes at all. Yeah, I did. I, I went in and looked, and you you had posted them in the thread. Yeah. So yeah, as you've seen, uh, all of three notes. Uh, winter holidays arrived at 2K Beach with new seasonal directions and themed courts now available. My career, my court's limitless free throw drill is now set to use the 2K camera setting and in my team added online versus uh, the difficulty used in my team unlimited and limited to play with friends games. Uh, that is all three notes for the patch. It was about 22 gigabytes on PS4, which is about average, about one and a half uh, gigs, I believe, on on PC from, from memory. Um, yeah, it's uh, kind of an underwhelming patch. But, but here's the thing that gets me, Derek, is that... This is the fifth patch for NBA 2K21 current gen. There has been, in the three months that the game has been out, there's been three skin changes to 2K Beach in my career, in the neighborhood, basically. We've had, uh, we've had Halloween, uh, generic fall, autumn if you, uh, for people like myself in Australia, uh, and now winter. So we've had three skin changes to 2K Beach, five patches, and the daily bonus, where you, which is used to uh, ease the grind of VC in my career, still doesn't work. You can complete the task, it will say completed, it will show the pop-up, but you do not get rewarded your VC. Now, we've talked about this before. We've talked about how 2K is very quick to patch issues that affect them, especially VC exploits, but drag their feet on issues that affect us. And here they are once again, still haven't fixed that very important issue to us, the gamer, three months in. But they have seen fit to reskin the neighborhood three times. Well, I saw you post about this on Twitter, and I, I think it's really sad that you you feel it's necessary, and I do as well, to preface it with something like, "I don't mean to be negative, right? right? Exactly. I, don't, I, I hate to be negative, and or and, and stuff like that." Instead of just being able to give your critique and properly, you know, critique or criticize a certain element of what 2k is doing so i think that's the sad part of it and it's not your fault and i do the exact same thing and i see other people do it all the time we talked about how people um you have to you know when they critique the game on operation sports right if they feel like they have to say that in order to not be pummeled and bludgeoned to death by the community right so that's that's something that's that's a little bit sad but yeah i agree i think you know i talked about this on my uh on my critique video when i was doing the um when I was calling out all the roster issues and rush jobs and copy and paste, I said that the game's become more about fit and it's more about, uh, that's what they promote. You know, what, what I sent you that ridiculous screenshot of what these guys were. Um, one of the influencers of 2k was playing and it was like these body suits, right? 
And he was like showing off the body suits they were wearing while they were playing. It had nothing to do with basketball. It's like, hey, look at these cool suits we're wearing. Um, but that's what 2K wants. They, you know, they want people to be talking about not what's going on on the basketball floor, but they want people to be talking about fits and style and the weather and traveling from one part of the city to the other. And Is there a Christmas tree? Yeah. And is there a Christmas tree? And where's my skateboard? And where's my backpack? <laughs> and, oh, look, I can play in, in this suit and all of that stuff. It's really become a dress-up game. Remember the Ronnie 2K coat? Um, this is, quote, yeah, this is not a Barbie game. Yeah. Not a Barbie dress-up game. Right, right. <laughs> right but that, that, it, I mean, right, it aged but, poorly. It, it aged like milk. Go, yeah. Yeah, let's go full circle, right? Let's go now. Let's let's go back. Let's look back at that and look at what the what's kind of been turned into now um i I encourage anybody to go into the nba 2k21 main twitter account and look at their posts and look at what's common right like what they're promoting and and see how many actually have to do with basketball but how many actually have to do with the weather the city and the fit so yeah i think that's frustrating and like you said it's 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 not about um you know you getting your daily bonuses uh it often feels like it's something like how long can we get away with this Right. It is, yeah. We talked about the roster issues. We talked about those roster issues have been going on, and I pointed out a lot of the same ones in NBA 2K16. Um, it's been going on for years, and it almost feels like, how long can we get away with this before somebody makes a big stink? So, and, and the problem is, people aren't. The, the biggest, the loudest voices in the community, the biggest influencers uh, are not mentioning these issues, because if they rock the boat, they lose their logos, they lose their access... So instead, you've got them. Some of them either just uh, skating over it, throwing gamers under the bus. Oh well, you don't need to, or you know, you can just buy it, or you can earn VC the other way. Don't make a fuss. Uh, you're hating, or whatever, uh, so, and throw, throwing their fellow gamers under the bus, which I hate. And it, it is, as I said in the uh, Friday Five the other week, one of the signs of a shill when when you will throw your fellow gamers under the bus like that. And it's it really is disheartening. It's disgusting. Uh, I, I'd love to see more voices in the community, voices who, whose, uh, whose voices carry weight, uh, speak up on this issue and say, hey, look, you know, this is something we need to fix. It's it's fair's fair. Because, look, if, if you want to... Yeah. Can I bring this up really quick, though? Sure. But that's the thing, though. Anybody who gets a big enough voice, they throw logos at. If anybody gets a big enough voice, um, they end up, uh, you know, being part of the influencer crowd they get exclusive and know yeah. that they get exclusive and, and if they get if they start getting a big if, if they start realizing what gets them all the attention they start moving in the direction of just praising the game right yeah. going with the flow like these influencers whether they've made it or not whether they have their logo or they're part of nba 2k or anything like that as part of their um influencer crowd they know what's going to get them the followers right so they're going to kiss butt all day that's what they do. I look at these accounts before they get their logos, and all they're doing is is um, kissing butt. So I think um, I think that's the problem. Is and that's one of the problems. Remember that I've had with the EA Game Changer program in the past, right? Mm. Where I felt like the because I, I at one point I wanted to be an EA Game Changer when I first heard about the program, but I felt like what it was was more of a hey, you know, promote our game, promote our game at all costs. And at the same time, you know, you'll get perks as well. Mm. And uh, I don't know if that's the way the program is now. I don't know if it's gone undergone any changes or anything like that. But I think that programs like that can work well 
if they're done right and people aren't silenced. But when people are silenced and when people feel the need to promote a product at all costs and hide issues or not talk about issues, I think that's when it really breaks down and hurts the product. And when you have community managers that are seeking out the influencers, who can we buddy up to? Who can we pal around with who will promote the game? Not necessarily who will give the best feedback. Not, not Who's not necessarily the most knowledgeable. And I don't mean to throw anyone in particular under the bus, and certainly not the Game Changer program as a whole, because we, we know people who are Game Changers, uh, who, and we know that they know their stuff, and we're glad that they do have that role with, uh, with EA. But... I also know from experience uh, of that feeling of being shouldered out when a uh, when there was a change in the community manager for NBA Live, and it, it, a lot of the old guard like myself and uh, and some of the others from back in the day who were still covering games uh, have been shouldered out in favor of YouTubers or influencers who they feel will promote the game, create a certain kind of content. Uh, and they're, they're throwing out all that, that great feedback. We've seen similar things with 2K. We, we talked about the importance of community managers in a previous podcast and how it's important that they have the right focus. And if it really is on the, this kind of mutually beneficial arrangement that really doesn't benefit the games or the gamers, but it certainly the, it, will, it gives the influencers perks and the, perk and the influencers give uh, the game that uh, popularity boost, uh, but it's not actually improving the game at all, it's it is the reason why we have a lot of the issues with games these days. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And there are a lot of good people that are very knowledgeable knowledgeable about these games that just want the games to be better. And a large portion, and I've talked about this before, of that feedback and those critiques and everything is the reason they're speaking out is because they want the games to be better, not only for themselves but for others. Exactly. Uh, which which shields don't do. Shields only care about themselves. And, Moan. Right, exactly. Um, shills care about their their selves, their their standing, their reputation, and clout. their perks. <laughs> yeah, and clout and stuff. You wrote a whole article on this. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty crappy. And, and like you say, it's one of those things where you when you call it out, you feel that you have to preface your statement with. Uh, almost like the compliment sandwich, almost that <laughs> you have to mention the, something positive to uh, or to soften the blow, and 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 I did it because that's that's just the way it goes. It, it does frustrate me, as I said in my tweet, as I said in the forum post in the NLSC forum. Uh, we deserve better as gamers. We we deserve better of the games and of the people who are representing the community, supposedly, allegedly, uh, as, and the the influences there. We need better voices. We deserve better voices speaking up on our behalf. And it's it's a shame that this continues three months in. This is a it, it is it's such an important issue because it is such a long grind. It, it literally costs hundreds of thousands of VC to get from sixty overall as your my player is at the start of every single year, mind you, to get to at least eighty five ninety overall costs a lot of VC. And again, you don't have to buy it, but you just have to grind hard for it. And that grind is even harder when a legitimate way of grinding and easing that grind to get that that bonus vc that's been in the last couple of games uh quite you know that's quite generous and that's been really good to have it's still there but it's not functioning for them to not fix that while also being super quick to patch issues that affect them uh fair's fair i mean it, it is fair that they address glitches and exploits that affect them that's that is fair but it's also only fair that they do the same that, that it's uh for issues that are affecting the user and and they don't. They continue to drag their feet. And to give 22 gigabytes just to change the 2K Beach to winter and a, a couple of other token changes, 
while that's still going on, it's it's frankly not on. It's and it's it's something hey, can that, I, uh, can that I'll call say out. No to that? Can, can I change to say no to that? I'd love to. I'd love to just say, listen, I don't care. I don't want this patch. Don't put 22 gigabytes on my Xbox Series X. Mm. I just, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's, um, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the, so much cosmetics, so much cosmetic stuff, um, and a lot of stuff that people don't care about, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Ronnie, of course, gloating pathetically about the people who were banned. It, it is such an unprofessional approach, the, the way he did that. I mean, it'd be one thing if he said, look, we've, we've done this, uh, the ban has been in place because people have been exploiting it. Uh, if you believe that you've been uh, caught out in error, please contact 2K Support. But it was such a smug, self-satisfied... Oh, wait, I to do this on my birthday. Yeah. Oh, th- this, this is blessed, this blessed this occasion. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Drove me nuts. And what a slap in the face. <laughs> without a proper professional community manager, they can say all they want that he is a digital marketer these days, whatever. He's still the voice and face of the game in social media, and it is still a terrible so, look for the game. Hold on, hold on. I want to point something out. They use him to silence things. Like, I, I talked to, I'm not trying to get super negative, but you can see things. things. Some things are black and white. The whole thing where he lied, like he commented and said, uh, the ratings aren't that in the game. Remember, he show, and he showed uh, screenshots of the ratings being different than when somebody called it out, but he only did it after the patch was done. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Like, listen, he is, he is absolutely used as a voice in the community and a way to steer thoughts in the community, that's one of his roles. Um, and that's black and white people. That's, I mean, that's obvious. So yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. And, and unfortunately this goes back to what we've talked about on many occasions, what a lot of people have pointed out more and more these days, especially with live being on such a long hiatus at the moment without competition, 2k are free to, to do whatever they want to treat us however they please. And we're seeing, you know, we're reaping it. People won't say, huh, life should just go away. You should just give up. This is what we're seeing with no live. Well, you're going to love my, uh, you're gonna love my uh, live, uh, my uh, 2K21 next-gen impressions now that we've played it. But, yeah, we've got to come back to this conversation. But go ahead. Well, yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, it, it's, it's not surprising. It's very characteristic of 2K to drag their feet on, on issues that affect the gamer while being super quick to, to fix their own issues that affect them. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's one of those things that I'll have to keep calling out and hopefully, hopefully other people do. And hopefully there'll, there'll be more voices in the community to the point where some of the influencers might even have to, I don't know, put their neck out a little bit and uh, naturally uh, defend the community for once. Uh, I would love to see that. And, and, and look, you don't have to be nasty about it. We don't have to be nasty. It's just saying, Hey, this is an, an ongoing issue and it's, it's kind of, a bad one uh, can you please address it and maybe you get a little bit more terse <laughs> the more months go by but again three months that's uh it's it's unacceptable it's unacceptable and servers were down for roster for me too um as far as like i went in to try to see if anybody had uploaded any rosters oh yeah for next gen. yeah uh and the servers aren't working so I can't get any rosters or look at what anybody else has done. And part of that wasn't even me wanting to use other people's rosters. It was just say, hey, what are people doing? Right? What are people uploading and sharing? What, you, you, uh, you were just using yeah. a basic function of the game in a way that anybody would. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah. Uh, that it is something that also 
it really bothers me that reviewers don't call it out. And again, I know why. I, because the reviewers are right there with the influencers that if they rock the boat, they lose that early access, they lose the exclusives, they lose the scoops. Uh, so they, they, won't, they, they yeah, won't call it out. Yeah, the scoops, the, you know, the impressions that they're going to get for even having that article. Exactly. Right, exactly. So they won't call it the microtransactions. And look, we realize that microtransactions are going to be a part of the game. But there's a way to do them that's very pushy and aggressive and intrusive, and there's a way to do them that would be much more fairer while still making a lot of money for, for 2K, for, virtual, for, uh, no, for VC, for visual concepts, take two, whatever. Um, and, and also server quality, things like that. There's a lot of things that really should bring the grade down for a lot of people, for a lot, a lot of the games in the 2K series over the past few years, that you see some of the smaller publications do it, and then we saw... 2K actually go after that site that gave them, uh, because they used the word protest or, or something, so they, they tried to weasel and tried to muscle them into t- to getting rid of that score, which they did temporarily. Um, Six Axis, it was, that did that. So, uh, we, so you see some publications do it, but a lot of the, a lot of the big ones don't. And uh, it, it speaks again to the discrepancy between, on Metacritic, the professional reviews and the user scores, as we talked about before. Yeah, and, and I've talked about this numerous times. I've talked about the Steam scores, user scores, the Metacritic scores, the actual, you know, the Reddit threads, all of that stuff where users are actually going on. and Going into talking. detail, I, talking about these I things. Depend, I depend on those user reviews and look at those user reviews. Um, I look at those in far more with a far more clear lens than I do the other ones. I, I Those are, the, that's the people speaking, right? Those are people with no agenda speaking. Those yep. are people that are going on, and you know what? They're not getting paid by 2K. They're not getting paid by anybody else. Um, they're not being paid by a review company or anything like that to sugarcoat anything. They're going on there, and they're talking about their experience with the game and being honest about it. So those speak far more higher volumes for me than any IGN or GameSpot or anything like that, any review from those sites. And we, and we do see those politics. I mean, Jim Sterling, uh, they have, have mentioned before... Uh, Jim has mentioned one of the reasons he left The Escapist was because they wouldn't publish a negative review because they were the parent company were afraid because of the advertising situation or, or losing that access. So that's what gaming journalism has become and, and what uh, the gaming press has become, what reviewers have become, what a lot of influencers have become. So it's, it's important that we do speak up and that we, let, that we stand with each other as gamers, as consumers, as, as fans and... Uh, uh, devotees, if you will, of these games, and and also be uh, be honest with each other. And I suppose to that uh, to that end, Derek, we do have NBA Two K Twenty One Next Gen. We both our, have our respective consoles. Myself, a PlayStation Five, you and Xbox uh, Series X. So we've actually got our hands on NBA Two K Twenty One Next Gen at last. So hey, we can actually give impressions, like uh, like actual people who are actually covering the games. No, uh, super exciting, especially because of. <sighs> the amount of attempts to get the system where I was unsuccessful and then finally getting it, it it's victory. Um, like I told you, spending a couple times uh, standing in line and then not getting it at the register and then all the times online trying to order it uh, and failing over and over and over again. So it, it's just nice to finally have it. It's been quite an adventure, but now, now we do get to play the games. And I have to say that my, my first impressions have been fairly positive i'm not sure whether that's been uh, tempered expectations from seeing the videos and and, and screenshots and whatnot and and, and knowing that, and hearing from people's impressions in the forum that there were definitely legacy issues there and that it's a 
in some ways more of a polished version of current gen, which which I would say is, is the uh, a pretty accurate description of it. It is a more polished version of current gen, but at the same time it also has some uh, pleasing improvements as well, especially the feel of the game. It's very smooth. There's more responsive, uh, I feel. Uh, you don't really have that running in mud as much, even, even with the default sliders I've found. Well, that's, I've mostly playing my team, so it's... Uh, <laughs> that, that could be the, one of the reasons I feel that way. There are legacy issues, which we'll get to, and some annoying stuff, but at the same time, I, I do feel fairly positive about the game coming out of it, and it's it, it's not, you know, not to bury the lead, I, I wouldn't say it is the best gameplay ever, as some people are saying, but I, I won't deny them that, uh, that, that opinion, of course. I, I would disagree with it, but at the same time, uh, I have enjoyed my time with the game so far, and I do feel that it is better than the current-gen version, which... Uh, it may sound like a low bar, but you still want to clear that bar, so I'm quite pleased that it has. Yeah, uh, so for me, I've spent a lot of time over on it over the last couple of days, hours upon hours, and so my first impressions of the game were not great, and the reason was is because I hadn't messed with the sliders yet, and the game speed was just, you know, setting at default at 50 uh, I was using, you know, the default tendencies, attributes, and signatures for the players and whatnot. And when I got on to the court and my brother and I were playing, the first matchup that we put on was retro teams. And I was using the 2000-2001 Lakers with all, all the default settings. And he was using, I want to say, the 0304 Timberwolves. And... The signatures, the, the, the you know, default settings and everything just made the game feel heavy. It made the game, the players feel heavy, um, moves felt heavy, um, sliders weren't messed with, so body up sensitivity was at 50, so I felt like I was being sucked sideways and sucked into players constantly. Um, it wasn't a good first impression. And then, you know, shots on the move take some adjusting, because now when you shoot a shot going you know, either forward or backward, they make you, like, kick out your feet. Yeah. So it's like a new-looking animation to shoot, you know, on the move and everything, so you have to kind of adjust to that. Unless you, um, unless you hit that left trigger to really come to a dead stop, which is the new mechanic yeah. they really introduced, and it's it's kind of kind of frustrating. It's, it's not new to 2K21. It was in 2K20 and current-gen 2K21 as well, but it's it's an adjustment, and it's it feels a bit contrived at times. Right, but you didn't really need to use it in 2K20 and 2K21 to do the type of moves that my brother and I were doing, right? Yeah. Like, to stop yeah. the same way. We didn't have to use it. Um, but and it's it's another step, like you and I talked about. It's like it's like putting a cog in the gameplay for some reason, like another like another step. The, yeah, the, really the runners don't feel that good, and it's it's actually reminiscent right. of Live 08, you know, to be honest. We were talking yeah. about this before we started recording. We, we mentioned that to each other, and that was uh, we kind of had the same impression there. Yeah, it, the shots on the move feel very much like Live 08 and Live 09. Uh, the, the graphics direction, the jerseys look like they're stuck to the players, almost like NBA 09 for PlayStation 3. Um, there's like a similar art direction to the PS3 titles in, in those ways, um, and some of the animations feel a little bit like that as well. Uh, however, I, I do want to point out that once I got into tweaking the sliders and loosening up the movement and the player movement and upping the game speed a little bit uh not only did the input lag mostly go away but the heavy feeling went away from the players and you know players were be able were able to you know catch the ball and go at the right feel and pace and whatnot they were able to accelerate they were able to get the fast breaks felt organic and whatnot and i posted some gameplay 
on Twitter of Wizards versus Celtics with me using the Celtics and my brother using the Wizards, and you can see kind of how free-flowing it is in that gameplay video. So I want to say that before my tweaks to the sliders and some of the signatures, the tendencies and whatnot, uh, before my tweaks, I would say that I was really not enjoying the game that much. However, after those tweaks, I say I, I far... I enjoy it far more than NBA 2K21 for the PC, and I enjoy it more than 2K20 as well, and 2K18. So that is a step in the right direction, I would say. The new motion system, it has its issues. We, we knew this from the, the previous season. We, we talked about this, we broke down the videos that they were showing and how they see, didn't seem to be lining up with what they said as far as the elim elimination of skating. And skating is definitely a thing. You see a lot of sliding all over the floor. Uh, it, it's definitely more apparent when you go into instant replay and you can really see it happening. Uh, I sent you that video when I was from the uh, uh, 2KU scrimmage game when uh, before I was finished, uh, before I finished installing the game, I should say. But the feel of, of the player movement uh, does feel a lot better than current gen. There's, there's less running in mud, uh, even with default sliders playing in my team, um, or whatever the sliders are in uh, <laughs> whatever the gameplay settings are that they've got under the hood, you can't see them. Um, it does feel better. There's less... Uh, discrepancy between player speeds going against the cpu uh, even on uh, as of 2k21 current gen it felt like the cpu was a couple of steps quicker when in fact when i go back and play current gen on, either on pc or uh, on ps4 i do notice that difference there's, there's still that running in mud um, not being able to keep up with the the cpu there's, there's still some discrepancy there but it's not as as big uh, you do feel more in control more responsive so i'm, I'm happy about that uh, before i get into some of the other uh, gameplay stuff how, how good is the loading times that's that's really nice to to just go straight into a game boy i mean it's like being on pc right yeah i mean it's slightly faster yeah. um yeah in, as far as getting into a game um a couple things i really wanted to point out too before you finish the defense is definitely improved uh mm. we've noticed a difference in um defensive intelligence um no it's not perfect yes it has lapses some lapses yes yeah. the defense gets lost um but you're not you don't have the same ability to just run up the sideline and go for a dunk right yeah the double team logic we haven't seen that happen where we're getting double teamed and people are being left open wide, wide open under the hoop all the time um it's you do get bumped a little bit more kind of 2k17 2k16 esque um and it's not always a blow by right when you try to you know try to go to the hoop and that's kind of nice to see um and it definitely helps with the gameplay and the immersion and and whatnot and and you alluded to this but you know before the call as well you know the shooting does feel a little bit better it does um, yeah and it's a, it's the same shot meter so it's interesting although it is bigger it is and i play with shot meter run i know you play with it off uh, it, it does feel like the the timing is is better uh, more i don't want to say forgiving it's it's not that I haven't made it easier. It just it just you know it, it's such a cliche to say it feels better, but I, I I'm finding myself hitting more greens with it, um, and greens that feel like they like should be greens. Uh, they, they've obviously changed it so that if you get outside of the area, you miss the shot. Whereas there's still that chance of making a shot outside of the uh, outside outside of the uh, make zone in current gen. So I think they've refined it uh, quite well, and and it does shooting does feel good, and I've. Uh, uh, even shooting with some some bigs and and whatnot, shooting. I, I had a challenge in my team to uh, to score 15 points with a Timberwolves player, and I was hitting a couple of threes with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, which he he can step back and, and hit those threes. And it yeah, it, it just it's, felt, it's a 
Yeah, usually it's a good percentage. From yeah, and yeah. it uh, yeah it, it it does feel good, and I think they've refined that uh, quite well along with the player movement. As you say, there's not as much of that hip riding uh, to the easy drives. There are the, the lapses where sometimes the teammates forget what they're doing. And, and there's the, I guess what the frustrations there for me are the ones that I expected to see because I, I heard about them. Some of the psychic steals and the, the cheap interceptions are still there. That is something I'd love to see them get rid of over the years with this uh, new tech, that the less canned moments where it feels like you, you didn't make the mistake, the CPU forced you into it kind of thing. But at, at the same time, you, you can feel a difference. It's not just uh, current gen with a new coat of paint. There is definitely new tech under the hood there, and it's uh, it's got potential. And I think there's... Uh, as I, I'm not just enjoying 2K21 next gen so far, but the fact that I can look at this and say, okay, all other things aside, you know, their, their lack of goodwill in certain areas like VC and whatnot, as far as the nuts and bolts of gameplay... I do feel like they've got some good tech there, and I think that they can uh, they can build on this. I do think they need to st- still work out the balance between user and, and AI as far as abilities, because I see the AI doing things that when I try to do them, they fail, but the, the CPU can do it. And of course, the CPU does yeah. have perfect input. Um, that That is the problem since with 2K20, since they made that change to... A CPU uses uh, timing rather than real shot percentage, and of course, a, a computer can be more precise than we ever can be without <laughs> external means, modern controllers and whatnot. So there are some issues there with with balance, but I actually think they do have it a little bit better, and, and the refinements of player movement and shooting play a big role in that. And yeah, it's it's felt fun. I haven't felt frustrated again, maybe because my expectations have been tempered a little bit. But no, I think it actually has been without really sinking my teeth into the new my career yet or or my NBA so far, still checking out all the modes, just just basically playing the gameplay, picking up, picking up my team where it left off. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. Yeah, I got a couple more things too to to bring up. You brought up foot planning as well, something they talked about heavily, he- pretty heavily in the developer blog. It was supposed to be a feature. Oh, we couldn't do this on last gen, um, which is a lie. Yeah, the foot plan is definitely a little bit better. Even and and what I like about it is. Um, even if you up the game speed and you up the acceleration and you up some of the player movement stuff, it doesn't seem to enhance the skating. Um, like it doesn't make it worse. Um, it's basically just what it is. Uh, is it as good Is the foot planning as good as 2k 17, 16, 15, 14? No, absolutely not. Um, is it improved from 2k 21 PC and 2k 20 PC? Yes, absolutely. I do think it is. Uh, I still think it's hard to stop on a dime and shoot. Um, I think that, um, sometimes you'll, you know, try to catch it and just go up for a shot and you'll either be forced into a runner or you'll skate forward where you don't want to be. So like, if you want to take a three, you're skating in front of the three point line. Yep. That's a little frustrating. I also think another frustrating aspect, and I don't know if you noticed this, but when you drive your joystick finishing is just not as reactive as it used to be. Um, you know, if you try to, you know, go, um, strong on the left-hand side of the hoop, sometimes when you actually try to go up strong with the joystick, you won't go up like your player will, it, like it won't register hmm. in the game. I, so I haven't, haven't noticed have, that, but yeah, that's, that's a bit of a worry. Yeah. We had a couple drives like that and it happened to both of us and we were like, wow, the joystick's not working the way it should. Um, so that's a little bit frustrating. I'd say, um, one thing that's kind of frustrating, and I think you can probably agree with this, is all the years where we were like saying, hey, listen, this lighting needs to be improved. Um, you know, the crowds are too dark and, you know, the the the, the game looks washed out and, and all of this stuff. And then they could have done 
the lighting or similar lighting, and they put it on all the classic teams, by the way, in NBA 2K21 Next Gen, all the lighting enhancement that happened on Next Gen, there's no reason that they couldn't have done a similar thing with Last Gen. And it just seems, and Swaggy P. Lino talked about this, and I talked. To, uh, we talked about this on Virtual Hoop Dreams on one of the shows. you you got to believe that a lot of that is intentional in order to get people to go, wow, when the newest version comes out, right? When the next-gen version comes out, where they didn't push the limits. Were they kind of and, hamstringing the previous version so that it feels like a bigger jump? Yes, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's say all you want yeah anybody can say conspiracy all they want but the bottom line is is that they absolutely did not push the limits with what they could have done and i've talked about this many times before there's been mods that make the crowd lighting 10 times better and make the court lighting and reflections much better and they give you no fps hit right yeah so again modders doing this on the ground and nba 2k could have done this no talk about enhancing it over the last couple years and then all of a sudden boom next gen we're going to make everything bright and saturated and you know full of contrast and all that stuff and we're going to make all the classic team arenas bright so i think i think some of that just makes me feel uneasy maybe some other people don't think about that um but it just kind of rubs me the wrong way you know like when mike wang said during the developer blog he goes you know we weren't able to achieve good foot planning basically on last gen um couple times like what (laughs) yeah on 2K17, 2K16, 2K15, and 2K14, the foot planning is, you know, pretty damn good. Um, it's great on 2K17, 2K16, and 2K15. So, I don't know. It's just stuff like that that still rubs me the wrong way. I mean, this isn't the so. first time that it's come up. A lot of people felt that 2K13, 14 were held back a little bit compared to 11 and 12 to make 2K14 look even more impressive, although it was a, a big jump, 2K14 on uh, PS4 and uh, X1. Um, so it has been suggested before, and even throughout the last generation, a lot of people felt that the gra- graphics didn't really improve or even went backwards since 2K14-15. So, and a lot of people really like 14 most of all. I, I, th- I think you still hold it in high regard as well, as, as, as do I. 2K10 um, is better graphics on the players' lighting, um, on the jerseys, all that stuff, than 2K13 and 2K12. Yeah. I mean, put those next to each other. We've talked about this. Um and I understand the whole, you know, this is all that's happening on the court and we've added animations and maybe there is a computing power type thing. Um, but when you go, you go from like 2K17 to the way that looked and then you go to 2K18, which everything was dark. All the crowds were dark, all the floors were dark and it's just the next game. And you go from the difference in 2K14's lighting, which was great, to 2K15, which was incredibly dark on all the on the crowds and courts and all of that stuff and then back to 2K16 where they added more light it, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense so um, well, well you know we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll probably get into it you know one of our mailbag questions actually later on when we do the mailbag segment but it's design choices as well it's it's deciding to try and go in a certain direction that they think will be better but then turns out to to not to be i think that's happened with with live and 2K over the years is that they've Try, they've had ideas that sounded good on paper, and then they've tried to do it, and it's it's not worked out. And when they brought it back, it's uh, it, it's it seemed much better. Yeah, I mean, and that's possible too. Um, I I don't see why anybody would do that. As far as like making the arenas morgue like, yeah, I've got to be completely honest with you. It's, it's the what they did with two K fifteen and what they did with two K eighteen just still blow my mind. 
Mm. So I, I have no idea who, if somebody made that decision consciously and they were like, Hey, this is a good idea. I, I think that they had the bad, they had a bad idea. So, yeah. You know, I also want to say that I'm very impressed by how the Mighty in Progress goes back and forth between PS4 and PS5, and of course it does it on Xbox as well. Uh, I was I was actually anticipating probably the possibility of more problems there, whether it wouldn't transfer over or there might be errors or people might get banned because there's somehow the game thinks they're cheating or something. But so far it seems to have... I mean, I've had no problems with it. I've not heard any problems apart from the reinstallation VC farming glitch, which people did get banned over and gloated about obviously as we talked about earlier in the in the show um but it, it has gone very smoothly and and that's that's a really good sign uh, i'm very happy about that actually there's a, a michael jordan challenge in my team uh, a spotlight series which i'm looking forward to uh to oh, spotlight or moments off the top of my head i can't remember but it's actually there's a whole jordan themed uh, challenges uh, in my team at the moment so i'm looking forward to uh, to sinking my teeth into into that uh they actually gave out a a locker code for a free Michael Jordan card. I already had a couple of Jordan cards uh, anyway. It's, it, it's, it's actually, that's the thing about my team, Derek. It, it takes me back to uh, collecting cards as a kid when you'd always get excited when you get a Jordan card, or I would anyway, being a big Jordan fan. Uh, but so I'm looking forward to playing through those challenges. Uh, and the reason for that is that I've been enjoying the gameplay so far. Um, it's, it's not perfect. I wasn't expecting perfection. I was expecting it to... I, I think I was expecting it to be less of a jump than it is in some of the, the feel of the game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with it so far, and uh, I, I can't fault anyone who's been enjoying the game. But that that being said, that doesn't uh, doesn't undermine or discredit the criticisms of current gen. No, absolutely, and and you know what, I, I can see people's frustrations um, with that, and they're still valid, and people still need to speak up because a lot of people don't want a double dip, right? So they're going to be on the current gen, um, and if there's issues with that game, they need to be attended to. Uh, exactly, yeah. And so, and there's still a lot of pe- people online with that game. I also want to point out, and I want to circle back to this, people, listen, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you haven't played the game yet, or if you have played the game and you're frustrated or it's not what you expected, go take the time to tweak. Tweak the sliders, tweak the gameplay, tweak the player movement, and try to loosen up the game. You can make the game a lot more fun. And uh, we we already, you know, I talked about in a video and on a Twitter thread, as as you're aware, uh, the roster issues. All I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Issues, they're in next gen. Hmm. Those roster issues are in next gen. I had, so, I had Kevin McHale keep... playing 80s All-Stars versus 90s All-Stars, me the 90s, the CPU the 80s. I had uh, Kevin McHale step back and take a three. And, of course, he, he did hit a couple from in, during his career, I believe, but it, it was such a, a modern stretch four behavior that you can see that the tendencies are not right for those historical players. And a lot of current players as well, but definitely the historical players, as you pointed out in your thread. Yeah, they had, like, Dirk Nowitzki at a 25 speed with the ball. Do you know what speed with the ball at 25 looks like? Lavar ball? It looks like, <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it looks like an 80-year-old trying to run up the floor with a basketball. Yeah. Like that's how it, it looks absolutely ridiculous. Dirk Nowitzki was incredibly athletic and fast, fast when he was younger. Like I posted video about this on Twitter. He was so fast up and down the floor as a seven footer. Um, you saw him routinely like in the early two thousands, you know, at full speed r- outrunning Michael Finley and Steve Nash, mm. like up the floor. So, you know, you, it, the, the problem is, is there's a lot of players that, that are on those teams that are copy and paste jobs or rush jobs you have, like, Nazir Muhammad with a 10 on standing dunk. 
um, like in his tendencies. And you have Sergi Baca with a 95 on driving dunk. So like, it's just like, there's these really bad rushed spreadsheet copy paste and, you know, tendencies for the players and a lot of attributes that are absolutely ludicrous. Um, it, we shouldn't that, have to fix that. We shouldn't have to fix that. It's just, no. It's just and it's just disrespectful. So it He's is. It is obviously fixable. We can do it, but it's it's a lengthy job. It, it's it's not something that we should do. It's, maybe it's a roster project for the community. That'd be a a cool thing to do. But yeah, that that aside, it's um, I'm, I'm quite pleased because when I when I got two K fourteen for PS four, I remember feeling not as uh, thrilled about it. It didn't help that again that I played Live fourteen was my first game I think I played on PS four, and that maybe left a sour taste in my mouth for the rest of the evening after a midnight launch, early hours of the morning midnight launch that I picked up the PS4 but no, look I you know, again maybe it's tempered expectations I'm not saying it's perfect, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of legacy issues that have persisted through a, a few uh, generations now, a few generations of motion systems and engines tech, whatever you, whatever you want to put it but at the same time I, I also see a lot of familiarity that I enjoy about uh, the 2K series in recent years um I've been having fun with it, enjoying my team. I want to get stuck into my career. Uh, I'm just at the moment. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to wait until just a little bit close to the beginning of the season so I can start with the updated rosters and and just really try out a few different builds. and And that's that's when I'll be able to to comment on the online situation because at the moment I haven't played online. I, I haven't even jumped into my team online uh, yet, um, which I which I only do when it's the daily um, grind for XP, if, it, if it's one of the tasks for XP for the uh, whole season approach. It's the only time I play uh, Triple Threat Offline or something like that because uh, that, that's when you run into the pay-to-win or the situation with uh, with my team, Derek, when, you, when you're playing online because that's when you run into the players who have uh, uh, paid for packs and, and whatnot. I've got the stacked teams, but in any case uh, I will comment on that when I, when I can, when I've played a bit of online and got into the wreck and everything. And of course, it's not just the gameplay there, but you'll see what kind of Builds people have made, how they how the meta has been affected, how the how it's really balanced, uh, what the servers are like, what um, uh, yeah, basically all the things that that you can't really see until you really get into it. Uh, that that's when you I'll uh, be able to comment a bit further on that. As you know, I will not be online. Good good um, choice, good choice. I respect that. But I would like to get a game together with you at some point, um, kind of like we did, and uh, on two K twenty one for you know, for PC and maybe we can, uh, you know, compare. Yeah. Gotta, well, I mean, that's, that's a different, that's, that's basically the, the only way that you and I can have an approximation of couch play is, uh, online. It's a flight. Flights are expensive. And at the moment it's hard to get a flight uh, between Australia and America. But, um, I, I mean, playing, playing, on, playing online with randoms. I mean, you and I can play and we can have gentlemen's agreements about not exploiting tactics that are, that are in the game that are exploitable, things like that. Um, and, and sort of have that clean game when you when you're playing with a friend, but when you're playing with randoms online, yeah, that's when that's when it gets a bit tougher. Yeah, that's also when you get somebody shooting seventy threes. Oh so. yeah, like the other week. That's uh, yeah, making fifty threes in a game, and that's uh, that's fun. So so people people probably want to know if we recommend it. Yeah um, yeah yeah. So here's the th- here's the thing. If you're getting the the system anyway because you want the newest tech and because you have other games that you want to play, and I, I do think it's a good idea. I, I, I question just getting the system for NBA 2K. Yeah. If, if that's like your, your main thing for NBA 2K21. So I think that the game definitely is an improvement, especially with tweaks. Um, I almost want to say only with tweaks. 
it's definitely an improvement and it can be a lot of fun. It can be a, he- a hell of a lot of fun with tweaks. But if you already have 2K21 for the PC um, or the PS4 and whatnot, is the gameplay that big of a jump? I'm yeah. I, I it's tough to. It's because it's it's, it's a, it's a lot spend. of money just to spend on, as you say, one game that is noticeably better, but not completely overhauled. So right, five seventy bucks for base for yeah. the game, you know, roughly for the game and you know the system in one controller. If you want, like one of the newer systems. So yeah. Well, you know, to go back to a question that uh, that Mike MP3. Uh, posed to us um, for a previous mailbag segment that we put aside until uh, such time as we were able to get hands-on impressions, which we now do. Um, the, way, the way Mike put it was, is the new next-gen uh, 2K worth a PS5 upgrade? I think the way you put it, I would agree. If, you've already, if you're already budgeting and planning to get the PS5 or X, um, Series X or S, if, if you're already getting a next-gen system and you're interested in basketball... I think it is. I don't think you'll be particularly disappointed if you pick it up. Um, depends how you feel about recent 2Ks. If you've hated every 2K game since uh, 18 or so, it, it's not pro- it might not be as much of an improvement as you as you like. But, but as you say, would you get it just for 2K? I mean, I, I kind of did, but I'm in a weird situation of uh, you know, <laughs> being a content creator in the basketball gaming community. You and I are ridiculous. But we're kind of the anomalies in that respect. But yeah, what would we say to our fellow gamers? Um, I th- I think it it is, but it's not a must-have, if that makes sense. It can be worth well, it. I, it, can, it can be worth it, but yeah. I wouldn't say absolutely do it, absolutely put out the money, um, especially in, in these times, right? Um, I think getting the system already, I, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I think, but especially if you don't have 2K21 already. Mm. Um, and you didn't do the Mamba deal or whatever, you know, you, if you, if you're just, if you're, if you don't have it for PS4 or Xbox one or PC, I, I think it's, I think it's worth the buy. I'll yeah. Say that. And certainly if you are keen on getting that system and being prepared for the next generation, as, as a lot of, a lot of us are, I mean, we wanted it, we, you and I wanted it for content creation, but also because we're collectors and, and passionate about the, uh, basketball gaming and gaming in general. Um, yeah. I think that's that's probably what we'd put. That would be our verdict at the moment. Um, I'm not saying, wouldn't say a must buy. You mustn't rush out and buy it. Um, you know, if, if you as, as you said, if you've already got the game on other systems and you're relatively happy with it. But if you are getting that PS5 or or Xbox Series X slash S already, um, yeah, I, I would definitely pick it up. I think you'll you'll. I think most people will like it more than the current gen version. But but yeah, it's it's. It's, it's maybe not the it's, it's not a, a must have in that respect, but it's uh, I, I don't think you can go that wrong with it. If you if you do like basketball gaming, if you do like two K in recent years, I, I do think it is that step up over current gen in that respect. So it's it's worth it in that respect, if that makes sense. It's funny, I, I, I uh, you know, how you told me you don't have the disc version. Yeah. So yeah. like for the PS Five, um, so I told you how excited I was that I got the um, disc version. So I have Xbox Series X disc ver- uh, the disc version, and I have the Zion Williamson cover. And um, today I, I was sitting on my couch, and I, and I wanted to play put on NBA 2K14 for Xbox One on the Xbox Series X. And I was like, man, i got to get up. And I was like, <laughs> I'm curious of you at that point. Yeah. Um, because you have... 
obviously you don't have to like get up and you know change that disc um actually you would still if you still have xbox one disc for nba 2k14 but anyway so i did put nba 2k14 for xbox one on the series x and install it and play it for a minute for for a little bit and the gameplay to me is still better on that game um to be honest with you as far as like the feel um i still think it's i still think it's a bit superior to nba 2k21 next gen and some things about the graphics are still a little bit better in my opinion as well but yeah it was interesting i was actually, interesting want, to, I actually want to do that i, I want to try my ps4 version on the ps5 just to see what it's uh, uh you know as you obviously done the curiosity of seeing what it's like on the the, you know, the backwards compatible and seeing what it's like in the uh, higher res and, and whatever uh, so i will do that at some point but yeah switching discs uh, that that is one of the benefits I had. Although I have the disc version of NBA Live, having digital versions uh, uh, at, at first had had digital versions pre-ordered, and so I was able to have the uh, 2K disc in there and just switch between Live and 2K very easily because one was digital and one was disc, so I didn't have to swap the discs. And you, you realize how how lazy you get. You realize how how much you take Steam for granted and Steam's ability to play digitally. Yeah, because I have like 50 games on Steam and I can just swap them whenever I want. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, and out of those 50 games or whatever that I have, I want to say, what, 11 of them are 2Ks? 12? Mm. Something like that. So, pretty crazy. I still regret not getting uh, 2K 10, 11, and 12 on uh, on Steam when I could. Just just because I, yeah, I got to swap the discs. Yes. I got them. I, I don't know how I did it. Um, I don't even remember what I did to, to make it work, but you know how I have the disc versions of 2K 9 and 2K 10? Um, I can just run them without the discs now. I have them in my Steam library. I added the EXEs to my Steam library, um, and they work. Uh, it's weird. I, I don't know how I did that, but I, th- I thought yeah. you bought them. I thought you bought them again through Steam. No, I didn't. I did oh. not. No, have the disc versions. I can't. I don't even remember how I got it to do it. Um, but I can run both 2K9 and 2K10, all m- mods, all of that stuff. I, I have it on Steam. What, what about uh, 11, 11 and 12? Yeah, I have so a lot, and I bought off Amazon. Yeah, if you remember correctly, that's right. Download yeah. link before. Yeah, and what I did was I added the EXE um, for 2K11 onto Steam. Uh, so yeah. uh, because you can add non-Steam EXEs of co- of, to it, of course. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? Cool. Ma- maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try it and just see what uh, happens. What, the worst thing, the worst case you know, that'll happen is that it says put the disc in, which is <laughs> which is what I have to do now anyway. But uh, but the disc lazy you know what yeah yeah uh, so any other, <laughs> other thoughts on uh, 2k21 uh, uh next gen i mean i think we've covered the gameplay and, and whether we'd recommend it uh, graphics wise or anything like that i think um it's a little disappointing when my brother and i first put it on and we were going through all of the players and we're going through the rosters that's our favorite thing to do when we when we get a new game is just to go on and look at all the new players it's very old school that yeah like yeah yeah, just it's really cool um and we put it on and we couldn't tell the difference at all in graphics between nba 2k21 next gen and nba 2k21 pc because almost all of the faces are the same yeah and the bodies look the same so our first impressions were like, oh, no, what is this, right? Because we're like, is this going to be, you know, were we, were we, were we fooled, basically? Were the, were the masses fooled? And then, of course, we got on the court, and then we had that poor experience to start off with, and we were just really, really sad about it. Um, I think that I'm disappointed in the lack of 
how do I say, improved graphics. Uh, you, you expected to kind of come onto this gen and have it not look as much like a video game or not as much the same. Remember the Zion trailer where they have these... The, the, Zion doesn't look anything in the game like he does on that trailer. Let's put it that way. The one where they have him dunking. Yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of Live 19 where they were showing a lot of player uh, player cyberfaces, basically, just showing off screenshots of players. And they were doing it in the in that uh, testing arena where they were able to have that lighting. The players were really emphasized and the players looked fantastic, but then they didn't quite look like that in the NBA side of things. So it, it's kind of that I think the... They they were using real in-game assets there, but yeah, it, it's it wasn't. I don't well, want to say it's bullshotting, but certainly it wasn't completely representative of uh, right. of that. Yeah. Can I be honest? What happened was, and my brother and I were talking about this. We put on the game. We got onto the court. Lagoa talked about this a little bit, um, but we put on the game. We we got on the court, and we said this could have been done on PS4. Mm. This could have been done on Xbox One. And we're looking at it, and we're like, this could have been done, right? We've seen games that look far more impressive on PS4 than what we're looking at right now. Um, so I think that's the thing. When you when you jump to a new gen, like, when we jumped from NBA 2K14 PC, you know, NBA 2K13, Xbox 360, and whatnot, when we made that jump to NBA 2K14 for Xbox One and PS4, you saw it. It felt right? significant, yeah. You, yeah, you felt, and, and people are saying, oh, well, we peaked, or they can't get much better and everything. I completely disagree, and I've talked about this on other shows as well, and I've used comparisons and whatnot. So I think that's my last, the last thing I wanted to say. I, I'm disappointed in the graphical improvement, because I think what they did here um, could have been done on PS4. On well, we, we pointed out that a lot of modded PC versions look that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a video on there uh, on YouTube, and I want people to look it up. I think it was uploaded by B. Jeff um, or something like that. I think that's what his name is. But he uploaded a video of modded gameplay between the 0506 Lakers and the 0506 Raptors, you know, Kobe versus uh, the team he scored 81 on. And he has graphics mods in there. And if you put that side by side with that next gen footage, it looks identical. In my opinion, like I can't even really see the difference between the two, the lighting, the colors, the saturation, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, like you said, that's the part that just that, that just gets a little bit disappointing. That's all when you when you look at it that way. So. I'm sure we'll continue to have further impressions as we play it, positive and negative, and we'll be talking about our the good times and the bad times. Something I did want to mention before we wrap up is the the feedback on the PS5 controller, the way that tightens up the triggers, the way they've they've done that with the the triggers this year, and the way they vibrate. Um, just just having that uh, rumble feedback in just that one area. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's kind of interesting to feel that the triggers kind of loosen and tighten and uh, and whatnot, and just having that little bit of a, a buzz here and there. It's 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 very different. Uh, I I wouldn't say I'm I like or dislike it at the moment. It just uh, it it feels kind of uh, feels kind of weird. What are people saying about it? Because I I didn't even um, know about that. So. I I haven't I haven't really looked around and, and seen what people are saying. I'll, I'll have to check into that and see what the, the general consensus uh, about that is. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's definitely different and a, a unique feature. I don't think it really it, it neither takes away from the game nor really adds to it. Um, but again, it, it might just be that I've been playing some triple threat offline games which are, are shorter. So I'll, I'll see how I feel when I play a longer game. Yeah, I I, I don't think an interest that would interest me too much. I, I think um, you're not I missing you... out. <laughs> I don't think you're really missing out on anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you remember you remember back in the day the rumble pad. Yeah, uh, like stuff like that never really did anything for me. I I don't 
I feel like that almost like I do like the screen shaking, you know, on free throws. It's just, I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> First off, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're watching a game on TV and somebody's at the free throw line, the screen is not shaking. No. Uh, <laughs> and if you're shooting a free throw, like, like everything's not shaking around you. No. Um, I, I, like, get what, like, I get what like, they're like, trying to do to simulate pressure, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a video game thing. But there is one thing about the rumble feedback I've noticed, and I might just be imagining it. It doesn't feel like there's as much rumble feedback or any rumble feedback on the precise uh, release point for, for jump shots, which used to be a thing that was a, a the rumble queue as well. I, I'm not sure that's there this year, or maybe it's just very slight. Didn't you like that? I think you did. I did, yeah. I, I like that, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's another aid that helps uh, with onboarding and helping you... Uh, especially if you do play with the meter off. And, and having some kind of feedback, especially playing online, is, is so important because of input lag and lag in general So when you're playing online. So I, I did like that feature. So uh, I might be imagining things. I'll have to play a little bit more. It, it, might, it might be that I'm just... There's so much There's so much rumbling going on with the controller these days and the tightening of the of the triggers that maybe I'm not really noticing it. But uh, I, I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay, yeah. I wanted to say one more thing before I forgot about it, and I just got really excited about it. The net in NBA 2K21 Next Gen is awesome. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. just disappointed. I'm so disappointed that in 2K19, 2K20, and 2K21 without mods for the PC and, you know, for PS4 and whatnot, that the net was so poor. Like, the, you, like it, you hardly ever got switch, swishes, the way it moved, the way it looked, all of that stuff. And then, man, another thing that they could have done you know what I mean? They did it in 2K17 and 2K16. Those games had really good nets. They get to get the next gen, and they have a beautiful net. And when you swish it, you feel good. Like, I love the, you know, we talked about this with Josh and Dave, the basketball classics. You want to feel good when you hit that shot. Mm. And when yeah. you hit shots in 2K21 next gen, it feels good. And so It I looks and feels good, yeah. I, that is a, and it's one of those things where we, it's, it's a big deal, the net, funnily enough, you know, uh, I mean, all representing all aspects of basketball are important for NBA 2K and NBA Live as well, and for that matter. But yeah, there's such something about the net throughout the years that whenever the net doesn't sound right or look right or animate correctly, we notice it. It stands out. Yeah, it stood out big time in NBA 2K19. I mean, there were a lot of people talking about it. And then on Operation Sports, I uploaded a video with Mau Mau's um, net mod, which gave you more swishes and more animation with the net. And people were, I, that's the most questions I got on 2K19. Hey, where'd you get the net mod? You know, can you share that? And the same thing with mm. 2K20 when everything is net mod. Yeah. So. Yeah, nothing but net. That's what uh, that's what it's all about. But uh, we will continue to cover 2K21 next gen and probably current gen as well to some extent moving forward. There'll always be things to talk about. We will uh, continue to give our impressions of that as we continue to play it, and you know, once again talk about the good times and the bad, and, uh, and covering all aspects of the game and the the modes. But we now move on to our mailbag segment of the week, and and we love this, Derek. We do love having the the mailbag segment. This is my favorite part of holding court with D for three, and it's now one of my favorite parts of this uh, this this podcast. I just love answering questions. It makes us think, and uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. So, and I love the engagement. So it's good stuff. Definitely. So definitely keep it coming. Thank you to our everyone who sends in questions. This week's questions are from Stildo33 and Lady Culture, members of our community. Shout out to you. 
and uh, we will get to those right now, I suppose. Uh, so we'll start out with uh, Stildo33's question, or topic suggestion, rather. Uh, wanted to, to bring up uh, old cheats and tricks in games throughout the years. You know, what are some of the ones that stand out in our memories? Uh, he brought up things like the, the infamous Corner 3 Double Dribble, which is, uh, there's a famous video which was then infamously reused in a uh, in a Family Guy episode a few years back. Um, and that, that became a whole controversy there. We covered that at the time. Uh, so things like the Corner 3, uh, the, the spin in uh, 2K17, I believe, is another... Uh, example that uh, Stildo used. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's definitely been a lot of these things over the years. That, that one exploit, that one tactic that you would do, and you know, we alluded to gentlemen's agreements and things like that back in the day. Um, and, and when you play couch co-op, which is which is not necessarily uh, couch uh, competitive play, which is not necessarily a thing in online. Uh, there's there's no honor among thieves on, uh, in online play. No no uh, no no honor among randoms. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of these old uh, cheats and tricks, and uh, we've played a lot of games over the years, Derek. Uh, so yeah, let's go over some of our, our favorites and and maybe some least favorites because some of them have been very annoying. But uh, yeah, what what stands out for you with with these uh, old cheats and tricks and exploits in uh, on the virtual hardwood? Two immediately, I love this question. Two immediately came to mind. Um, one, NBA um, in the zone two, where the computer would throw slow bounce passes on the inbounds and it was so easy to get the steal that you could steal the inbounds pass like 95% of the time. And I played an entire season, you know, playing with only two minute quarters and I'm not kidding you. I could probably do this. I, I should probably go back and do this and play it and upload some video showing this. I was scoring like 250 to 300 points a game by getting quick inbound steals and dunking over yep, yep. and over and over and over again. So I think that was kind of a cheap trick. You know, I could have let him pass it in, right? But I just I had to steal it because it was just it was such a slow motion pass and and I would and it was too easy to take advantage of. Um one of the other ones was NBA Jam on Sega CD. I alluded to this on another podcast. I had over 70 blocks in one game with Vladi Divac. And it's based off of the fact that they don't call goaltends. And I remember, yeah. Yeah, and what happens is, is they're also counted as blocks. So basically what you can do is you can just keep jumping at the rim and intercepting shots um, it, that the computer puts up or the other user puts up. So I would say that that's another kind of cheap thing in a, in a past game. And then one other one before I throw it over to you is NBA 2K17's um, pick and roll where... It's kind of, especially after patches, it seemed to get worse. Like on the default game, like when, like when you first booted up the game and, and up until I'd say probably October or whatnot, it wasn't as bad. But the pick and roll is so exploitable in the later release of the game where um, after it was updated that you feel like you can run pick and rolls constantly and just score over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again on the computer. I, it's I, harder to do. I wonder why that was. Were they trying to fix some issue with the pick and roll that it ended up getting OP? I can't, I can't recall. Yeah, it might have been. Uh, I just remember that it got worse. And I want to say that the nice thing is, is I play mostly user versus user. So my brother and I can kind of cover for it, right? Yeah. So if we're playing against each other. We, we feel like we can definitely like rotate somebody in or control the action. But when you're playing against the computer, listen, if you need a basket in NBA 2K17, and you're against the computer, run a pick and roll if you're using a later version of the game because, trust me, you're going to probably score the majority of the time. And, and you know, sometimes I think those 
having those techniques in the game, while, while they're not good for multiplayer, I think sometimes they're, they're handy because the CPU, as we mentioned earlier, it, it's capable of, of having perfect input, precise input whenever it wants. You know, you, you look back at some of the things, I mean, to use a, a classic example, uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 3, uh, Liu Kang's bicycle kick, you have to hold down the uh, low kick for five seconds to charge it up and actually do it. Whereas the CPU, the AI, can just do it over and over over again just because it says, okay, trigger this animation and it'll do it. So the, the CPU with its precise input, and it, it's the same with, with now with shooting in basketball games in 2K. It's, uh, so you, you kind of need that exploit, I think, in, in some ways, that when, the, when you need a bucket and the CPU is just really... You know, it's it's locking down on you, and it's not letting you. It's not giving you good dice rolls on the shooting mechanics if you're not getting the perfect release. It it helps sometimes to have that that trick that you can employ to just say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to spam this because CPU is not playing fair, so I'm not going to play fair. You know, well, I talked about this too, um, and it happens in 2K17 as well. But you know, another exploit that you can take advantage of with a computer, especially in 2K21 and 2K20 as well. It, it's better in 2K19 because 2K19 is the best defense they've had out of the last four games. I think you could agree with that. Um, but the whole running up the sideline and just going wide to score. Like, I can't tell you how many times I can do that throughout a game in NBA 2K21. Remember when I was playing my team um, just to get quick baskets. It's just like, okay, I'll go wide and just score on them. Even though the mode was sluggish and you were sluggish getting up and down the floor, it was like I could still do it. So, yeah, pretty crazy. You just kind of do it again, and, and it goes back to the thing like the court when you need to score in double dribble corner three. Um, my examples: uh, the first one that comes to mind is freestyle superstars in Live 06. That uh, and, and in particular, the outside scorer freestyle superstars can uh, move set because it had although it was outside scorers, it was basically more your, your wing plays, kind of like a, a slasher without the dunking. Um, so you, you would have a lot of up and under layups. You had a behind the back, uh, wrap around behind the back and then do the layup. And those layups were pretty much unstoppable. So if you wanted a bucket, you took it inside and you did that. And you, you triggered one of those moves with the outside of freestyle superstars uh, move. And you knew when, when that move didn't work, you knew that the CPU's rubber band AI was in full effect. You knew, you knew the comeback code, the comeback logic was in full effect when you couldn't get the FSS moves to work. Yeah, um, I think that I was trying to think of another game that had like an incredibly exploitable, like let's say signature move or authentic or, or like um, oh, I can't think of it. It's gonna it's gonna bother me though. I should have prepared for that. But uh, Freestyle Superstars is probably the standard example of having those signature or special moves that you can just spam over and over again. Yeah, I'd say, um, it, can you think of another game that had signature moves like that, that were like incredibly overpowering? I know that they had the signature moves in NBA Fast Break 98, but they didn't feel super overpowering. Well, you go, uh, you go back to like a Lakers versus Celtics, like you, you have uh, some of the moves there and, and, and the, the games of the, the NBA playoff series by EA, the forerunner to NBA Live, of course. Um, the signature moves in Lakers versus Celtics, like uh, Tom Chambers' dunk was pretty unstoppable, for example. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I was trying to think almost of like more recent games. Uh, well, while well, you're thinking of that, like, like I say, Live 06 is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, NBA Live 95 PC... If you positioned the defender in the right, just the right way on an inbound, you would force the CPU, or, or I think all human users as well, but definitely it was very exploitable against the CPU because they didn't realize it was happening. 
you position the defender just the right way and they'll try to inbound with a bounce pass and they inbound it with the bounce pass out of bounds, causing a turnover. So you get a lot of cheap turnovers by standing in the right spot that's... and causing them. Yeah, I never heard of that. Yeah, yeah my, my cousin and I that's... found that one one uh, school holidays and yeah, so then it's like, okay, well, that, that works, so let's, uh, let's see how, how often we can make them turn the ball over. And you can force the CBU, because obviously if it's a human user, you could call timeout or you could pass it to somebody else that's not going to be a bounce pass. But if you can force them to throw that bounce pass on the inbounds, they always inbound and they, the, the bounce is out of bounds, which is a turnover. So, yeah, it's a, that was a cheap exploit. Yeah, I can't really think of any more off the top of my head. I know that if I really sat down and thought of it or I, I you know, approached some games that I haven't played in a while that I could probably find some. I, I can't think of any in, like, NBA 2K10 or 11 or, or 12 or... 13 or 14 i can't really think of any or in any of the nba live games that i can remember i know that walt my, my brother mark killed us with walter mccarty in nba live 2004 um well so, that, sort of around that era like the, yeah. that, that era it's kind of 2004 to 08 in nba live any kind of getting out of the rim and doing an up and under with a player you like chris wilcox could be shaquille o'neal in that in those games for example by just yeah, getting well, it in that's there. funny I think I told you about this, Sashim to beat um, in, I want to say it wasn't live though. I think it was NBA 2K8 or 7. I can't remember which NBA, NBA 2K it was, but I think my brother went for 50 and 30 with him, like mm. 50 points and 30 yeah. pounds. But those games, you definitely could do that in those games. So yeah. just, just getting a big down low in a lot of those games from the mid-2000s, I think you were able to really exploit any kind of uh, especially up and under layup and reverse layups under the rim like that. Uh, 2K11, doing the Jordan Challenge, the CPU is very susceptible to pump fakes. So if you need to score a lot of points to, to clear the Jordan Challenges, uh, just get out there on the perimeter or in the mid-range with MJ, fake, they're going to fall for it, and, and you go for the dunk. That's an exploit in the Which Jordan is, Challenge. Yes, because if you really think about it, look look at the newer games. You They, they never fall for pump fakes. Yeah. What they did was it's like they went completely extreme in the other direction. Like NBA 2K17, good luck. Like I played that for uh, thousands of hours, and I don't know how many times I've actually had somebody fall for a pump fake. Like maybe maybe five times. Uh, I don't even I can't even remember a time when they fell for a pump fake. So it's funny they went extreme in the other direction. Live, Live so. 2000 and 2K11 are the games that I remember as being is the CPU being very susceptible to pump fakes. Um, yeah, you, the other thing with the roundabout Live 2099, the CPU would get into the get into the paint and they would fake one, two, three times, and you knew they were going to shoot on the fourth time. They'd, they'd do two, three pump fakes, and that you would get so many cheap blocks, knowing that that's exactly how they would do the up fake. Like one, they get in the lane, one, two, three. That fourth one, that's when you jump. That, and when you know and that, I, yeah. Yeah, I loved Live 2000 for the PC. Oh, it's amazing. But yeah. I absolutely remember, I absolutely remember a hundred percent the upfaking because whenever I needed a basket, I upfaked. Yep. And I would get the eye in the air, and I would just go to the hoop, or I would just shoot. So yeah, I, I definitely remember that. Uh, 2K17, you also had uh, cheap charges as well because they were very stingy. Well, it was not stingy, rather they were very generous. Rather with the uh, with the charging calls. That was exploited online those, for a lot of cheap, cheap charges. Those happen, though, a lot in NBA 2K21 next-gen. Mm, My brother do, yeah. and a ton of charges um, on that game. So Another one with 2K17 that, uh, that Kenny used to uh, um, take advantage of is that you get uh, driving baseline, you would get so many cheap blocking calls 
So whenever we needed to like get him to the line or whatever, just get him to the ball and uh, just there out in the corner, drive in and guarantee to get a, a very cheap blocking call. Yeah, they do that BS um, reach in it, like the computer. Even if you're controlling the defender, by the way, on the other end, they like make you reach in, and your the the offensive player flails his arms. Yep, that's and, the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen it a million times. Um, I I definitely think that's a weak point in NBA 2K17 where the listen. I, I've said this a lot. The block I charge, love yeah. NBA 2K17's gameplay. I love it, but it definitely had its issues. There were definitely I mean, look, issues. Even in the best basketball games we've seen over the years, arcade or sim, there's not one that doesn't have some small issue because it's impossible. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is is, and I've said this before. Nobody wants no, no nobody wants. Well, somebody does maybe. Um, you know, we don't expect a perfect game ever. There's always going to be issues, um, but there's a level to those issues. Um, yeah, there's, there's how much they really impede the, the enjoyment. Yeah. Right, stuff like that. So. Just thinking, I mean, I think we've got some pretty good examples there that, that come to mind immediately. Um, as far as NBA Jam goes, um, I can give you a cheat, which is the, the cheat that I always remember. You know, I, I mentioned this as being able to complete the Donkey Kong Country games to a certain percentage, uh, even all these years later while not knowing math, high school maths that I learned in senior high school. Um, but the, the, the one code that I always remember from because I love it so much from uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition on uh, Super Nintendo is uh, dunk from anywhere left right A B B A. Um, there you go. I've saved I've saved you some googling everybody. Uh, if you want to go back and play that game, uh, my friend uh, a friend and I used to play Jam a lot, um, and we'd have a gentleman's agreement. I've mentioned that a few times on the, the show. Uh, the gentleman's agreement that if we could use cheats, but we both had to be able to get cheats in, and if we didn't get the cheats in we'd restart and, and go over again. And we both used to like doing that one because it was so, uh, uh, you know, just go back into the, the, the far corner of the, of the backcourt and then just fly there with somersaulting through the air and, and dunking it. But, of course, there, there were uh, pr- uh, precautions, I suppose, uh, measures in uh, NBA Jam that you couldn't just do that. Even if you spammed it, you would start missing the dunks after a while. So there was a balance in NBA Jam, which is why NBA Jam, I, st- I still believe, is the, the gold standard for arcade games because they did have that, that balance in there. But, but yeah, that, when you could just dunk it from anywhere, uh, the CPU couldn't really do much about that. It didn't know what to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, PBA Basketball Slam, where um, it has the meter that fills up and then you can dunk from anywhere. Yep, yep. Um, it's actually like the regular game. Uh, exactly. So that's what that reminds me of. I never knew of it. You know, what's funny is I had NBA Jam for Sega CD. I had NBA Jam and NBA Jam Tournament Edition as well for um, Super Nintendo, I want to say. And um, I never knew that. Well, I see, never knew about that code. T- Tournament Edition does have those pickups. So you, there's a dunk from anywhere pickup that you can get in Tournament Edition regularly if you have if, the, if you have the power-ups enabled. But, it, yeah, the code is basically the, the debug code to check, to check that mechanic. So, yeah, if you, once you know that code, of course, it was printed in all the magazines back then. You know, left, right, ABBA comes up, uh, super dunks or power up dunks under the play. And like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to be dunking from the backcourt. <laughs> this is my, this is my game. But then, of course, if you, you know, uh, if somebody else was uh, had put on permanently on fire or powered up threes, then you know, can you stop them? Because obviously, threes are worth more than two, as all the analytics people like to tell us. So, you know, can, can you can you out dunk them if and, and or can they out shoot you from three? So you, you have these really crazy games of or already a, a crazy game of NBA Jam. But uh, yeah, as as far as uh, 
Yeah, apart from that, I, I can't remember that many exploits of the versions of Jam that I played. But, uh, yeah, well, just the cheats, yeah. You know, when, when you dunk from the three-point line, that's a three-pointer. It should be, yeah. Right? It's, I thought about that when I was playing PBA Basketball Slam, too. I'm like, you know, what they T- should be doing with this game, <laughs> and they need to give that feedback to them. You know, when you fill up your meter, because you only fill it up, like, once or twice a game. But when you fill up that meter and you get, like, a couple dunks, those should count as three-pointers if you're doing them from the three-point line. That also encourages you to try to get your meter up. Mm. Um, so it, it gives you more motivation to do so. So I may give that feedback to them because that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, dunking from full court and it counting as a two. But, yeah. It's, it's yeah, the limitation of the game mechanic, I suppose, that because normally, you know, normally dunks don't have them from behind the three-point line, I suppose. But, yeah. Technically, it should. Technically, it should. I mean, you're taking off from behind the three-point line. You know, it's that's where the shot starts. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, when you were bringing up codes, it's just the the amazing land of cheat codes. The I, I'll never forget going online um, on our dinky CRT monitors and and looking up all these cheat codes and you know and obviously back in the day before we were even on the internet, you know, it was the whole up up down down left right left right PA select start for contra mm-hmm. which we didn't use when my brother and I beat it without dying. Um that's of course the code that gives you 30 lives, but yeah, the cheat codes, the cheat codes, they're they're legendary. There's something about those old school cheat codes that I mean we, that you don't really get in these days of pay to win and so forth and it's it's hard to not sound like the the grumpy old man when you say that, but it it, it's something that I, you know, I, I you, if the younger generation probably doesn't get to appreciate. You know, finding those codes, uh, and and of course, with the before the internet was a whole thing, a whole big thing, you'd have to buy the magazines or, or it was word of mouth. You know, who, who discovered a, a, a new fatality and how to do that fatality in Mortal Kombat? Who who had the who got the magazine? Who got the hint book, the cheat guide? You know, but it would be cool still. This age of, of social oh, media, it would work. And it would work absolutely. Look at locker codes for two K. Like, like, uh, think about this. Like, somebody stumbles upon a cheat code or something like that or unlocks a cheat code. Or maybe they have, like, a thing where it's on under a bottle cap or something, right? Like, 2K sponsors a drink, and then if you look under and you get, like, a code, you can plug it into the game and see if it does something. And maybe it may- gives you, like, a nine-foot player or something, right? Mm. Like, oh, I just plugged this in, and now I can create a nine-foot player. Or this makes my player nine feet tall or something like that. Like, there's these... Or it adds, uh, you know, a certain, you know, celebrity or something like that to the game. You know, like we used to have the whole, for NBA Jam, you used to be able to unlock mascots and, like, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton or something like that. Like, you used to be able to unlock all these characters. Will Smith is the Fresh Prince, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jazzy Jeff. So that could... Can you imagine, like, the uproar of, like, oh, my God, I just unlocked this, and it's somebody who has a lot of followers, and they post it on Twitter, and then it gets shared by a ton of people? It'd be good promotion for the game. I'm just, I'm thinking what what was what's comparable in the recent uh, or in the 21st century I suppose possibly back in Live 07 and of course this is why it didn't do so well probably is uh, that um, uh, that uh, Jay Z was unlockable in Live 07 because he had the Reebok and if you bought the pair of them they came with a code to unlock him and his uh, team of All Stars in Live 07 for the uh, 360. So I mean you don't you see that th- things like that I mean I mean Live 07 is a troubled game to put it kindly but yeah that's that's the closest i think we have to that kind of promotion can we blame jay-z for the fall of nba live 07 because i'm i'm completely fine well he he redeemed that. himself with 2k13 so you know yeah you he did soundtrack wasn't great but the game was good so i've mixed i don't mind that soundtrack it's not my favorite 
actually, before we move on to the next question, uh, 2K17 soundtrack, I actually quite like it because it's some introduced me to, to some unorthodox songs that I actually end up liking. I can't remember. Did you say that you like or dislike the 2K17 soundtrack? Um, because it's one of my favorite 2K games, I would say that I'm, I have fond memories mm-hmm. of it being on, um, especially while I was like, searching for players using Limnono's modifier and whatnot, looking for faces and um, modding the game and stuff before I learned how to put music in myself and everything. I think it's okay. I think that, um, I think that I really miss the underground soundtracks. Mm. Uh, I think some of the best soundtracks that we've had are like 2K12, 2K11, uh, 2K10. I think that those are some of the best soundtracks. 2K6. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I think some of the old live soundtracks were also pretty good, even though some of the, some of the, they, they obviously had like the popular artists and whatnot. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the soundtracks nowadays, uh, to be completely honest with you. I think 2K16 and 2K17 are okay. That's mm. the way I look at it. 2K15 might be the weirdest one. The one with Duran on the cover. Um, yeah, it's got Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus. Um, it's got Lord, Lord Team, Team by Lord. Very, yeah, very, that is very unorthodox, actually. Gwen Stefani, like it's it's a very strange. Um, I think it has Gwen Stefani. It's just a it's a very strange um, strange soundtrack. It's probably the strangest one I've ever heard. Yeah, good point. We'll have to cover that at some time. But uh, moving on to our final question this week, this is from uh, Lady Culture, a longtime member of our community, modder and uh, content creator. Shout out to you. And uh, she asks, um, or let's bring up the topic suggestion rather. Uh, why NBA 2K fell off after 2K17 or possibly 2K19, uh, depending how you look at it. Uh, yeah, well, we have talked a little bit about this before, and maybe this could fill a whole episode, but uh, I think this would be a good one to finish on this week because we definitely have some thoughts on that because, again, you and I being such fans of 2K17 um, and, and not feeling it, some of the games that have come after it. Yeah, uh, so let's get into it. Why is that? Uh, I've talked about this at length and I think it's a great question. And I think a lot of people are puzzled by this, especially with the whole now, and you, you and I talked about this prior, how everybody says that 2k 18 might be the worst 2k ever. Of course, after the cycle of it, um, over the last couple of years, people have spoken up quite a bit about 2k 18 saying, you know, you look at any Twitter thread or any Reddit thread, there were, it was not a popular game. Like, people did not like 2K18 in the direction they went in, whether it was art or gameplay-wise for the most part. I think what happened was two things happened, and I think I think you could agree. They tried a new motion system that wasn't... Um, that caused a lot of skating, blow-by issue where you could dunk whenever you wanted, just run by the, run by the defense. Uh, the defensive intelligence got worse, in my opinion, as well. I think that the new motion system combined with the ramp up of microtransactions, uh, the, ver- the, the whole not being fair to the gamer, you know, really ramping that up. I think that's what happened. And, um, you know, obviously that started with 2K18 and also it was the worst year they could have started the 2K League. Yes, as well. yes. You know, 2K18, I said this in an article way back Wednesday, uh, earlier this year, I wrote that when the, the service was shut down. We also talked about this on the, the podcast as well when we went in depth on 2K18, uh, not long after that, I believe. It, it's a, one of those games that it feels like every decision they made was somehow wrong. Like, they, they brought in that new motion system, but it wasn't ready. Uh, the tone of the story in my career was completely off. Um, they Just everything they did with the, with the badges... Was it, it was a good idea, but poorly executed. Um, 
just just a wrong just a wrong decision every turn. Um, the, oh, the introducing the having to pay for haircuts in the neighborhood, and and, and you look at the, the, tonally the whole game. What they did was such a departure from the previous year that now they introduced this open world in my career. So now you've got to run around and do things. It's this virtual world. It's not. It's no longer menus or your or your home hub of the my court. Um, and and they and just some of the some of the decisions they made having to unlock the auction house, uh, which you still have to do, but they've made it better. As far as doing that in, in new uh, newer two Ks, just all these decisions they made were just they they didn't work from a technical standpoint or a gameplay standpoint. Uh, they did they lacked goodwill. Uh, they weren't designed particularly well. Uh, that it was it was more frustrating than having to deal with you know just having to deal with menus. Just everything they did was wrong, and I think that the games that have come after that have had to correct those issues, or they've still doubled down on some of those approaches. And I think that is what is... There's been a real shift from 2K18 to this this focus on, you know, the neighbourhood in my career. My career in its connected modes being the most popular mode right up there with my team. It's and now, of course, they've done the city in 2K21 next gen. So it, it's all about that. The focus has gone away from, okay, let's be the most realistic basketball game possible. And it's all about the NBA and simulating this and, and all that kind of stuff to let's compete with Fortnite and all those kinds of games. So now that... I mean, live has been left in the dust, so it's no longer about competing with a, a basketball game. It's now competing with Call of Duty and Fortnite and all those other games, other genres. So it's doing things outside of the basketball gaming space and outside of the, the realm of basketball, I think. The, the approach has changed so differently. On top of the technical issues, as you mentioned, the motion system definitely not being ready. They had admitted as such in the 2K19 developer blogs. So I, I think it's really that focus on beyond basketball that has taken some of the basketball out of NBA 2K. Thank you. And I was just about to bring that up. You know, the NBA portion of the game and the authenticity in that regard and how the players actually played on the floor in, um, you know, in general, I I think took a back seat to people's, you know, because they wanted to get everybody online to, you know, people's fits, you know, what are you wearing and, you know, how much swag you have. You know what? What do you have for clothes? Um, you know what? Um, the we talked about skateboards and backpacks and bodysuits and all of that stuff that people are wearing. They started targeting more that teen demographic and that really young, super young adult demographic. And it's all about getting people spent, go, getting online, grinding, spending more money, and all of that stuff. And the in the NBA portion took a back seat. And I think you can see that. Um, when you look at the gameplay and the way the games were made um, and how more mechanically sound some of the past games were and how they, they paid a really good attention to, you know, how the defense played and the positioning of the defense. And um, it, it just seems like basketball, like the actual basketball aspect took a back seat. And, and I completely agree with that. So it's almost secondary and it's, again, it is trying to expand beyond the crowd. And I, it's one of those things I hate to say because it's, it sounds so elitist. It sounds gatekeeping snobby. The idea of oh, basketball games were better when, when they were more niche, when it was just about true basketball fans, blah, blah, blah. I don't like that attitude. I'd, I'd love everyone to play the games to enjoy. We, we talked about this before, how, how basketball, we both feel is such a beautiful sport, a wonderful sport that we love so much and enjoy. Maybe not so much in recent years, but but we do love the sport generally, and we, that's why we love the virtual representation of it. And the more people that want to get into that and, and enjoy basketball, real and virtual, look, I'm all for that. But the problem is when it expands beyond 
the scope of basketball when it's saying, okay, let's let's be this cultural phenomenon. Let's 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 compete with Fortnite and uh, and 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 Among Us and Four Guys and and Call of Duty and everything else. And you're trying to appeal uh, to the masses, and again, I hate that, I hate saying it that way because it sounds so elitist. But when you try to be everything beyond basketball as well, basketball does fall by the wayside. So rather than rather than introducing people to uh, basketball and the sport you're kind of mixing it with all these other things so it, it's now about balling in a backpack or, or having a certain look in the playground with the with the tattoos that they do with the, with the puts like black bands around the arms and things like that so it becomes all kinds of about, about this kind of culture about this this weird online culture beyond something that's not even about basketball anymore that uh and you know digging myself deeper and deeper on this one but yeah it's I, i'm all for the game selling as many copies as, as it can and to appealing to as many people as it can and bringing people into basketball. But when it does focus on those other things, th- there's no way that the basketball experience, which is, at the end of the day, the core experience of a basketball video game, th- there's no way that it can't suffer when it's focusing on, on that. I mean, again, looking back at the uh, the problems with uh, 2K21 current gen, where the daily bonus hasn't been fixed, instead of focusing on the aspect of what's very impo- a very important mechanic which is also used to upgrade uh, your attributes it's it's like oh look at this and we've changed the park and we've look at the clothes there's new clothes coming every week for the uh, in the shops and everything and even for the city for 2k21 current gen you remember the developer blog it was all about there's and there's all these new shops and like well great is there matchmaking so it's it's all about as you say the fit the drip whatever you know i'm, I'm too old to be using these words Derek, um, but it's 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 about that stuff rather than basketball. The tone has shifted, the approach has, has changed, and it's it really did start with two K eighteen being that tipping point. We've talked about this before, and I, I believe it more than ever now, and and that's why it has got why it has fallen off for many of us who are very passionate about basketball at least. Us traditional gamers again sounding very elitist when I say that, but that's why it's changed in recent years. Uh, I have to believe it. I agree with that 100%. And a reminder, too, NBA Live 19 suffered some of that same fate, you know, as Absolutely. far as, like, what yeah. they were targeting. They were targeting the teen demographic. Um, basketball took second stage. Um, you know, they the didn't clothes. have size ups in the game. It was missing authenticity. They wanted to get people online, all of that stuff. This isn't just a 2K thing. No. This is happening. You, you mentioned Fortnite, and you mentioned other games like that um, and, and whatnot. This is the standard right now in the industry this is what we're fighting um and i think that the quality of games in a lot of ways have fallen like the actual gameplay have fallen um along the wayside and they're not as good anymore as a result you don't create as many positive memories and she brought up 2k19 and i want to make a point i feel to about 2k19 very similar right now that i do about 2k21 for next gen um for the sheer fact that by default i don't think that nba 2k19 plays that great but with a lot of slider tweaks, um, which I put a lot into them, a lot of hours into slider tweaks for 2K19, um, with the proper slider tweaks to loosen up the game um, and make it more free-flowing and everything, and the players and, you know, with the proper tendency and ratings tweaks and everything, I do think that 2K19 plays a pretty solid game of basketball. It still suffers from 2K18 issues a little bit, like there's some skating and weird player movement stuff that happens, but it is the game that's most sound defensively. Um, it still has explosive moves and nice animations when you adjust the, um, when you tweak the right way, etc. And the art direction is kind of nice in that game. Um, they made the lighting a little bit better than 2K18, and I, and I think it looks really good, especially with retro teams. Um, excuse me, with the retro rosters that we're working on. So 
then they went backwards again in many ways with the player movement for 2K20 and 2K21 for, you know, PS4 and Xbox One. I don't know why they make these decisions. I don't know why they make the players in 2K20 and 2K21 for PS4 and PC and whatnot run the way they do, where they're, like, hunched over and their arms are, like, going back and forth, like, you know, like Donkey Kong. Like, I don't know why they do, like, I don't know why. I, I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they made it so the skating was so absurdly bad in 2K20 and 2K21 and why they made it so changing direction is so clunky and doesn't make any sense. Like I showed in my video demonstration of Kawhi Leonard, you know, just circling the court and struggling mightily to move around. I don't know. I don't know why they do it, but it definitely hurts the gameplay. And I I like 2K19 as well. I had a lot of fun with that game. Played uh, two full seasons of my career, actually, playing every minute of every game, actually. So I, that's that's definitely one of the standout games for me. And uh, actually, another question that Lady Culture brought up was, uh, or topic suggestion was, ranking the games from the last generation, which we're uh, looking to do for our final show of the year. So we're keeping that in the bag. And thank you once again uh, for that uh, for that one. Um, yeah, it's it is the the focus. It is what, and, and it's frustrating because you you want the games to be true to themselves and true to the sport and and true to that vision rather than diversifying into things that really don't uh, improve the basketball gaming experience and it's it's frustrating because you go back and look at some of the developer blogs from early earlier games like around about the 2k9 when they were really doing it through to 2k11 12 etc and you look at the things they're focusing on and what they're talking about as opposed to what they're doing now and you can see the difference you can see the shift uh, in the uh in in the way that they've uh focusing on on, the fit and whatnot as far as from a technical standpoint and we alluded to it earlier in the show I think sometimes they try and do things that try and fix a problem. And I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe something like the Limitless Range Badge. Remember when Steph Curry and uh, the 2016 season was just making all those threes, a record number, setting number of threes, and was just firing them up from 30 feet and making them, and it was something that you couldn't really do in the games and they were trying to bring it in? Yeah, I remember that 100%. Yeah, yeah. so then they brought in the Limitless Range Badge, and now it's become one of the most OP... It became one of the most OP things in my career builds. So they're trying to they're trying to fix these problems and update the game and, and represent the game in the best way possible. And, I th- and much like a Freestyle Superstars for NBA Live 06, it, it didn't really have... It was a step towards having signature moves and play differentiation and and expanding the controls but it was still kind of a little bit too overpowered not completely arcadey but certainly it could be used you know again i, I mentioned it as the exploits in in uh, response to uh, what stilder 33 brought up so it's it's um it's sometimes these solutions are, are good on paper or they, they address a certain issue but they cause new issues and i think sometimes with tech as well with motion systems there are probably things that the current motion system does that the old system didn't but it's introduced new problems as, as well and then you brought up the the you know it's as you said it sounds like a conspiracy but the idea of introducing things so that they can almost introducing problems so that they can make the new games look even better and, and Band-Aid fixes like they had in 2K18 they, that they admitted in the 2K19 developer blogs that things that they've sold as um, as solutions or intentional uh, decisions turned out to be intentional decisions because they were Band-Aid fixes for problems with the new tech. So, some, And of course, they, because they have 12 months to make a new game every year, they are introducing things, tech that's not ready. So there's a, there's a whole lot of reasons, I think, that 
that tech doesn't work out and that certain design decisions are made and they 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 sound good on paper and they they're good for this but they're not good for that if that makes sense right look what happened to nba live 19 too after patches oh yeah 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 and it, it, it happens post release as well absolutely and that game just does for me just does not play well anymore it just doesn't um after all the patches and whatnot i just it just feels so sluggish and the shooting just doesn't feel good anymore so and it's because of those reasons that you and i've talked about this before that we feel we should be in a golden age of basketball gaming and it's not quite and there's lots of reasons for that there's the, the lack of the fact that there's only really one figure one name in the gaming basketball gaming space for the last decade or so outside of lives five releases over the past decade and um and you know nba playgrounds here and there or whatever or mobile <laughs> mobile games and, and whatnot uh, so there's a lot of reasons why it's not the golden age that it should be but even as even as far as 2k being as, as a golden age for 2k it's in, in some ways it's better than it has been but in a lot of ways it hasn't been and it really does come down to uh the, the, either introducing tech that's not quite ready uh trying to ap- trying to appease online and offline users as well there, there's so much that they're trying to do and, and serve so many masters so to speak in trying to make these games for everybody that it's lost some of that focus the focus has definitely shifted to things like the neighborhood 2k beach the city whatever and, and clothing and all that kind of stuff that we don't have that same focus on pure basketball that we used to and, and 2k team being the tipping point uh, that's why I would say that 2K has, in some ways at least, successful as it is to the, to this day, uh, both in sales and recurrent revenue, and not so much with user scores, but certainly uh, professional reviews are still holding in high regard year after year. That, that's why, to me, it's fallen off after you know 2K17, 18 being that tipping point. Yeah, and to be honest, greed has taken over. Yeah, much like it has in the. There's too much money in the game. Um, there's too much money in the real NBA, right? We've talked about how money in the game has hurt the quality of that product. Um, I think that there's a lot. There's there's too much emphasis on getting people online. There's too much um, emphasis on um, making as much money on each individual pers- per, uh, person that they possibly can. Um, you know, we talked about you know making patches you know immediately in in um intact for people who exploit virtual currency but then when it comes down to gameplay and daily bonuses and stuff like that those can just wait right like they they can wait or never be patched so i think i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of frustrated people out there to be completely honest with you but 2k is so big and um there's nothing we can really do um, other than speak our minds and call this stuff out and then also hope that another competitor enters the space, uh, the space does things right and keeps them honest. So I think they'd really have to put their foot in it or there's going to have to be legislation come down about loot boxes for anything to really happen. I don't think there will be though. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is, uh, this is gaming now. We just yeah, talked about it. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's true. It, it is gaming and it's, it's one that, uh, that, that we have to work around as, as best we can. In some respects, or retro game, I suppose you can always do that. I definitely do that. I do that a lot. So, and of course, uh, to that point, the uh, Ultimate Classics Teams roster is out for uh, version three uh, for two K seventeen. Is that now? Yes. Thank you for testing that before I released it, and thank you to seven oh seven Simon Lee and Lady Culture as well. Uh, those were the other testers, and uh, I'm really happy that it's out you know, 50 new classic teams. It's just, it was a lot of work, a lot of hours put into it. And um, I think it came out pretty good. It did. And yeah, I, it was fantastic. Good, thank you. Yep. Came, came out well. It's, and it's such a relief to get such a big project done. I, I, I know that from experience. It's uh, it's a good feeling. 
Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's a big weight off my shoulders. Uh, I've wanted to release a V3 for a while. Um, I really put the pedal to the floor on it as far as doing conversions, adding teams, adding art, um, creating faces, doing stuff like that. And I can't thank the people who provided artwork over time enough. Uh, you know, the original Cyberface uh, creations by I.M. Escobar Lopez and Shua Joda that I was able to convert over by Calvin Chen, uh, the artwork by Peaceman Knot for V1 for all the jerseys that he made and the 3D jerseys and whatnot. And just all of the, like, there's extensive credits uh, on, my, uh, on my thread. And I just want to thank all of you for, you know, helping me, I would say, as well, you know, with getting this off the ground. It's so important to have the art in there, and you know that. Absolutely. Just adds so it, it does. And, and, and you know, even when you can make all the art up each yourself, very few people actually do because that then a big project just takes so much longer. So absolutely shout-out to everyone who helped you along the way with that. You can check that out in the download section for the previews and information and whatnot, or just to give thanks, you can go to uh, Derek's thread in the NBA 2K17 uh, modding section but uh, yes thank you once again to uh, to lady culture and to still 33 for submitting those questions and everybody who's been submitting questions for the mailbag or topic suggestions so far once again we love doing that we're going to make that a regular feature through the uh, podcast moving forward so definitely keep it coming and join us with the conversation anything you want to say about what we've talked about this week or feedback on the show uh yeah let us know so with that being said, we're at the end of episode number 352 of the NLC podcast. As always, we hope you enjoyed tuning in and listening to us talk about basketball video games. The show comes out every Sunday on the NLSC, of course, which is mb-live.com. Also on various podcatching apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict, to name just a few. Feel free to leave us reviews on the platforms that allow it. Always helps with stroking our ego. Uh, also helps... Uh, promote the show and sharing the show so we definitely appreciate people who do that but uh, as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show that is the main thing and as we wrap up Derek uh, let's promote our various socials and whatnot so what have you got going on um, I did record Holding Court episode with D for 3 episode 10 uh, with you actually I thought mm -hmm. we had a really good um, fun show uh, so definitely tune into that we're on um, the same podcasting apps that Andrew just mentioned except for Spotify at the moment, uh, so you can check us out on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and whatnot, CLNS Media as well. Um, definitely follow me on Twitter at D for 384, um, over on the NLSC, uh, D for 3, and on YouTube, uh, D for 3, where I'm going to be uploading a video in just a couple of minutes, actually, when we get off this call, of um, next-gen NBA 2K21 gameplay, uh, Celtics versus Wizards, uh, my me using the Celtics, my brother using the Wizards, and that gameplay will be up. It's the game highlights, and I think you'll enjoy it. Excellent. Stay tuned for that and more from the both of us on the NLSC moving forward. I, of course, am on Twitter at AndrewNLSC. The NLSC itself is on Facebook and Twitter, the NLSC on both, or at the NLSC on both. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. And, of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But, yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for joining us. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.